Welcome to Bite-Size Battles. Athens has been sacked, burned to the ground. It's gone. The Athenian general Themistocles had evacuated the city before the Persians arrived, but what were the people of Athens without their home? Herodotus says that more than two and a half million men of the Persian army were rampaging through Greece now that Leonidas and the Spartans had been betrayed and overwhelmed at Thermopylae the month before. The reality is probably anywhere between 200 and 500,000 Persians. Still a heart-sinkingly formidable force if you're Greek. A tidal wave of Eastern despotism come to take your lives and freedom. The Greeks have one chance left. If they're to hold this horde at bay and retain their way of life, their very existence, they have to hold the choke point of the Isthmus of Corinth, the narrow neck of land which connects the Peloponnese Peninsula of southern Greece with its northern mainland. Only here could the small citizen armies of the remaining Greek cities hope to confront the Persian Goliath. But the Goliath's king of kings, Xerxes, knew this too, and so planned to use his massive fleet of 800 ships to simply carry his army around the isthmus, landing his troops behind the Greeks and then subjecting them to a horrifying two-front assault from which there would be no escape. To try to stop him, Themistocles gathered the Athenian and allied fleets together for what he knew would likely be their last battle. But it was worth it. One last throw of the dice that would either see the last of the Greeks die as valiant heroes or emerge triumphant from the jaws of annihilation. Either way, for thousands of years people would speak and sing of this climax this naval battle which would change history perhaps more than any other. Welcome to the first episode of history's greatest naval battles, Salamis. Dawn in late September 480 BC. The warm Greek sun of early autumn rose above the Aegean Sea, casting glitter on the water's calm ripples. But those ripples were being carved by the prows of 800 Persian triremes as they entered the small straits of Salamis. Themistocles had lured Xerxes into the straits by sending him a fake message, saying that he would switch sides and turn on the Greek allies if only Xerxes would help him. The Persians fell for the ruse, and as they rode into the straits, their hopes of surprising the Allied fleet were dashed when they heard the Greeks singing their battle hymn. To save your ears from a worse fate than Persian-ravaged Athens, I won't sing it. But these are the lyrics. O oh, sons of the Greeks, go! Liberate your country, liberate! Your children, your women, the seats of your father's gods, and the tombs of your forebears. Now is the struggle for all things. But Persian hopes were raised again when on seeing them approach, 
the Corinthian contingent of the Greek fleet appeared to sail away, and the rest of the Greek fleet backed water. It was, I think, all part of the plan. The Persians, seeing some of their enemies flee and the others apparently timid, powered forward, oars churning water, desperate to begin the slaughter. But as they did, they found their numbers too great for the narrowing straits, and the Persian line grew first disordered, and then chaotic. Hulls clashed and oars snapped. Some galleys were pushed and spun around by others. Into this mayhem, a single Greek ship now shot at ramming speed, holding the nearest Persian ship while its crew looked on helpless and wide-eyed. As a signal from Themistocles, the whole Greek line now surged forward, rams coursing through the water just beneath the surface. The Greeks had less than 400 galleys, but now these rams ploughed into Persian hulls, smashing through them before backing away to let the gushing sea do the rest. Other Greek ships hurled grappling lines onto Persian vessels, boarding them with fully armed and armoured hoplites. The lightly armed Persian marines faced them powerlessly. Many were simply pushed overboard by sheer Greek weight. Most, unable to swim, quickly drowned. The Spartan fleet was on the right of the Allied line, the Athenians on the left, and other city-states making up the centre. One of Xerxes' brothers, Ariabignes, commanded the Phoenician fleet opposite the Athenians, and when he attempted to board one of their ships, the historian Plutarch says that he was hit with spears and thrust into the sea where he drowned. The leaderless Phoenicians quickly broke fleeing the marauding Greeks and many running aground as there were no escape routes in the swarm of triremes. This was a pivotal moment in the battle. With the Persian right disintegrating, the Athenians turned their flank, slamming into Xerxes' centre. The centre itself was then split in two by a wedge formation of Greek ships which soared through the frenzied Persian lines. One half of this centre, now trapped between the flanking Athenians and this surging wedge, was annihilated. The Persians fought on for hours under a withering sun, caught between Greek savagery and their fear of Xerxes' wrath. But ships sinking and burning all around, and gleeful hoplites running amok wherever they could, persuaded the Persian fleet to begin desperately peeling away. Ironically, it was the Ionian Greeks, pressed into service by Xerxes, who were the last of the Persian fleet to stand their ground. In the rush to get away, Queen Artemisia of Halicarnassus, played by Ava Green in the sequel to the film 300, rammed one of her own Persian ships, sinking it. Xerxes himself, watching on from Mount Aigaleo, thought she had sunk a Greek vessel, and said, My men have become women, and my women men. Still the Greeks would not let up, and a squadron of triremes ambushed the Persians as they retreated out of the straits. It's thought the Persians lost two or three hundred ships at Salamis. 
the Greeks just 40. The Persian fleet had been shattered. That fleet was vital in keeping the supply lanes for Xerxes' fast army open across the Aegean. And without it, he feared the Greeks might attack the Hellespont and trap his army in Greece, where it would wither and die without supplies. So, enraged, Xerxes withdrew the bulk of his army across the Hellespont into modern-day Turkey. He had left a sizeable force behind under his general Mardonius, but this was defeated by the Greek allies at the legendary battle of Plataea. Salamis had turned the tide, and together with Plataea, removed the threat of Persian conquest once and for all. Over the next 30 years, Macedon revolted against the Persians, Thrace and the Aegean islands were recovered, and finally, even Greek Ionia was liberated. Without Salamis, none of this would have been possible. In fact, had the Greeks lost at Salamis, it's near certain the Persians would have gone on to conquer the Peloponnese, thereby subjugating all of Greece and throttling the infancy of Western civilization in its Greek cradle. Given that much of the celebrated blossoming of Greek culture and achievement occurred after the war was won, it's easy to see how the Greek contribution to mathematics, science, philosophy, astronomy, medicine and the ideas of freedom and democracy could all have been destroyed had the war been lost. You might never have heard of names like Socrates or Aristotle, Hippocrates or Pythagoras, among many others. As much of modern history has been dominated by Western civilization, it's easy to see why many historians argue that Salamis altered the whole trajectory of human history. And you and I, probably everyone on Earth, are still living its legacy to this day. Join us next time for what's possibly the largest naval battle in history by the number of combatants involved. 224 years after Salamis, 300,000 sailors, soldiers and marines fought a furious battle off the coast of Sicily at Cape Egnomus. The rising might of the Roman Republic was going head-to-head against the pre-eminent naval power of the age, Carthage. These two giants of the ancient world collided in a vicious clash for control of the Mediterranean. Its outcome led to the rise of one empire and eventually the extinction of another. I'm Andrew McKenzie. Thanks for listening. See you then.